All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're gonna crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. Wait, did he? What is it? Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive lineman in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What is good, Finn Nation? What's good? It's your boy, Reason, and we are back here for another one. As always, it's the finish line on Wednesday nights here on Finside the NFL. You can also catch us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and everywhere where podcasts are available. The audio will be uploaded not too long after. Gentlemen, two is back. The Dolphins are back to winning. Um, another serious, we'll, we'll start off with, with the serious blow, um, to the secondary, um, Brandon Jones has been moved to IR, um, and he's actually going to be out for the season. It's in the ACL injury. They brought Jamal Perry back on who can play the slot and he can also play safety. And obviously Dolphin fans should be familiar with him as well as Kadir Kahu and Keon Cross and look like they're going to be able to try and go this weekend. So we're going to start getting healthy back there. We just won. You know, things are things are turning for the better, and, and it just took two of coming back. Well, who would have thunk your QB1 coming back and things start getting right when it turns into the ship? Richmond, ballgame, how are y'all feeling? It is the first victory show we've had in four weeks because we went on that losing streak there. Um it wasn't ugly. It sorry, it wasn't pretty. It was definitely ugly at times. Um, sixteen to ten over the Steelers. How are y'all feeling with the Dolphins back in the whim column to, and Tua back at the helm, boys? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, four and three definitely sounds a whole lot better than three and four, and uh, it was definitely good to start getting some people back that have been injured, especially. Uh, to uh, I think um, you know from the jump when we started that game Sunday night, you can see the uh, the offense is just more in sync this and that, and um, he truly makes a difference when he's out there on the field. So um, that was definitely uh, that was definitely a positive note. Like you said, Brandon Jones, that was uh, that was a tough loss, and we're already hurting in the secondary this and that, and then um, you know uh, Noah even got got a little. Uh, he got some time. He had to come in, but he stepped up. And, you know, I think the tough thing with, with Noah is um, when you got a, a shutdown corner like X on the other side and you come in, you're going to get the majority of the work. But, hey, he came up with the big play at the end to seal the victory. So uh, that's definitely huge for his confidence. And as a player, you, you make that in a, in a primetime game Sunday night against, you know, 
opponent like the Steelers and stuff like that, and then the, the significance of them honoring the 1972 undefeated Dolphin team. So it, I think overall for Dolphins worldwide, it was it was a huge win. It was good. And get back in the column and 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 continue to try to get back in in this uh, AFC division race. I mean, I know we're still two games behind uh, Buffalo and one behind the Jets, but it always Richard, feels good. Yes. Do you know if the playoffs started today? We are in the playoffs right now. That's a good thing, but I want us to be there <laughs> later on. Saying. But yeah, <laughs> that, you know, I mean that, that's good. We, like you said, we've been close before, but you know, no cigar. But that's definitely good, and that's why, I, like you said, when Tua came back, the, the impact. Sure, we got some things we got to clean up, but the, the the great thing was to get that win, and a lot of time that's what you need to get right back on track. So I'm doing good. How, how are you doing? Let, let, let's remember though for a sec before we, we cut it to ball game. Uh, because I okay. gotta remind people out here that are listening because this whole McDaniel thing is ridiculous right now on every platform. Okay, you mentioned we're four and three. We've mm-hmm. guys, we've been doing this show now. We started mid well, we started a couple weeks into Tua's rookie season, if I remember correctly, right? When we started yep. doing the finish line. Yep. Last year, what were we after seven games? Can anyone remind me? What was our record? One and six. Yeah, We're four and three, and people are still out here and complaining. And it's so refreshing to be able to talk to you, gentlemen, because you use some logic, and funny enough, you use some reason. Anyways, do your little segue, Richmond. I had to throw that in there because it's it's ridiculous. I can't believe people are complaining after you win. Like. <laughs> I see you slipped that hashtag reason in there. Use some reason. You like that, eh? I like that. I like that. Yeah. But let me Wait, ask come. you this. Let me let yeah. me ask you. Let me let me ask you this, Richmond. You 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 were the blindside protective Marino. Did yeah. you guys care if Marino was throwing for four or five touchdowns and four hundred yards a game, or did you care what what went in the notch in the in the notch of the win or loss column? Which one <clears throat> mattered more to you at the end of the day? At the end of the day, you you want the win, and uh, to be realistic, you know how how great your defense or how great your offense is, there are going to be times where you're not going to go out and score 30 points a game. It's this the NFL. Other teams, they make adjustments, and they got great players too. And But the most important thing is to get to W, to continue to move on, to put yourself in the best position at the end of the season, to make the playoffs and hopefully get a bye or win your division. So, um, Sorry, ball game. I'm on one tonight. Yeah. Anyways, you can be high school. He don't even want to let you get the mic ball game. What's up? No, it's all good because I feel the same way he feels. Like, you know, it's it's mind-blowing to think that, you know, the kid's been sitting down for roughly three weeks now, and then he comes back, and he plays pretty good in the first half, and then the, co- the, the coach takes him literally out of the game, in my opinion, with some of the plays that he did, the play calling that he did, and then we still get the win, but people are still out here wanting to rip this kid apart and, and, and say all these crazy stuff about the offense when – if you think about it, if anybody goes and sits down for almost three weeks from their job, how how, how fresh are you going to be? How accurate are you going to be? He got to get himself back into the flow of things. But those that have never played football, those that don't understand how football actually is played and how that process actually uh, manifests itself to a person getting themselves back to being themselves at the level they were before they left, won't, won't understand it. And, you know, you think logically – I think logically about it. I knew he was going to be a little rusty. I knew some throws were going to be off. He was going to throw some mm-hmm. things high, some low. Some guys were going to get missed. 
you know what I'm saying, as they cross them through zones, but that's expected. I expected mm. it. But I was pretty I was pretty accurate in one aspect of the game, and it was the fact that I didn't think they would score more than 10 points. I said we'd have 35, 10, but they um, we only got 16, but they only scored 10 because I felt like the defense still would be able to do some things. But it's just, it's just mind-blowing, man. Like when you really think about, you know, where you need to take your victory lap ball game because I was thinking about you, and it's, we'll talk about Noah. It's not even Noah because up mm-hmm. until that point, the, that interception, there was nothing to victory lap about. But you, where you should really be taking your victory lap right now, my friend, is we are in week seven, and look what the line's turning into. Armstead <laughs> comes back, and you saw because you said it would take what six, seven weeks. Six, seven weeks. You yeah. saw what Armstead Armstead come back, and that looked like a totally different. You know, Eichenberg probably had his best of the game of the season next to Armstead. Like, other than the penalties, we really didn't talk about Eichenberg. I mean, we sent right. you the all twenty-two, really even game. though you, yeah, even though you weren't on uh, the breakdown yesterday. You, I sent you the all twenty-two the night before, right. yeah, so you saw really it. Like, yeah, like even Martin, we were like thirty plays in, and he's like, "Man, we haven't even talked about Liam Eichenberg," and it's like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's where you should be taking your victory lap. You called that one. It looks like it's starting to come together, and it's going to be really interesting when Austin Jackson comes back and how that impacts the yeah. offensive line moving forward because, you know, we know how they politic with more. But, dude, like, I know you expected 30-some-odd points, but I think I only had us I, – I predicted um, – same as you. I predicted – what was that, 26 or 27 to 10? So they scored Ten. nine. Yeah. They won by like nine less points nine than I points. thought they would win by, right? Like, so, right. you know, all these people who are out here expecting like a 45 nothing blowout. But there were no. there were opportunities. There was definitely meat left on the bone. Oh, agreed, but, you know, agreed, 110%. Yeah, across the board, as I was sitting there and we got into right before halftime, I was talking to my son and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I'm – Really impressed with how well he looked early, but I want to see what he looks like in after the half because then at that point, that's when the grind really jumps on you, and that's when you got to go and try to close people out and let's see what they look like then. And true to form, he was off a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, he was, but okay, you saw the all 22, all right? Yeah, me and Martin were going into that because after the broadcast, I ranked that next to the loss in Buffalo winning you're in and the loss last year to Tennessee. I had that as his third worst game. Third worst game. Those were right. his first two game worst games. That was I would put number three worst professional game. So okay. I was expecting disaster when I went to the all twenty two. That drive where Edmonds got stuffed on third and fourth down. The guy was cooking, man. He converted yeah. a huge third down to Waddle over the middle. That's the same Ooh. drive where the pocket was collapsing and he took that weird, awkward platform and he hit Gasecki on the drag route going to the right sideline that actually led and set up that um, the two-run plays from Edmonds. Right. I've heard people trying to spin the narrative that, oh, that drive showed McDaniel doesn't trust his guy. The guy literally just converted a third down and got like 18 yards on the conversion. And on that drive, boys... The first two plays on that drive, a tw- the first two passing plays, a twenty-five yard conver- a twenty-five yard completion to Jalen Waddle, and then an eighteen-yard run and catch to Raheem Mo- uh, Raheem Mozart. This guy gained forty-three yards, almost half the football field, in the in first two plays. two plays on the drive, and you take the ball out of his hands on third and fourth down. What Not are we saying with that man? Yeah, not to mention it was a perfect – when you go back and look at it, it was actually a perfect play call because it was walled <laughs> off perfectly and Edmonds missed the read. The left he, side. He got to go to yes. the left. 
Yes, he what, what ball game? What have I been? What have I constantly said? Edmonds is issue in this offense is he doesn't have the vision, the vision that Gaskin yeah. or Mozart has. It's so right. freaking obvious. And then when you watch that play, the whole left side, I yeah, the five hole, in. The, the five hole was wide open, oh. like the four, like the four five freeway in L.A. at three o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then he and was going up inside the three hole, and I'm like, "What is? Uh, what are you right? saying?" Because I was upset. I was like, "I got really pissed last when I saw." Get I that man off my television screen, bro. I'm serious. Oh, get Edmonds bro. off my what television screen. And he was still be that, running right now. No, remember that drop on third down yeah. where he he had the whole left sideline and the linebacker didn't have the yeah. angle. It was put right on his fingertips. All he had and to he do was dropped. pull it in. And, and he did the field. same thing to Skyler. He did the same yeah. thing to Skyler when Skyler was playing. Yeah. Oh my God. The ball, the ball, the ball was put in a place where only he could catch it. It hit his fingertips. And all he had to, well, it hit his hands. All he had to do was pull it in and keep running. But I think the problem is with that dude is he's thinking about the oh. next play before securing the pass and getting his confidence has got to be in the gutter right now because they're they're strictly concentration drops and so those two plays we just mentioned right yeah look at look at the points and the extra yardage left on the board mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so they're always when we up 16 yeah when we was up 16 i mean 16 10 it's 16 10 or whatnot and i'm thinking we got down there we in field goal range i thought we were good because yeah. at that point now it's still a two it's it's, it's, a, it's still two scores and it was like, clearly got, evident at the first three drives that it was hard to come by points right now. Points. Get them. Yeah. So get get what you can get. Yeah. Rookie head coach. What people need to realize is we're also going through, listen. He's a rookie. Yes. And Flores, we don't talk about his rookie year because of why. Because uh, we had, we're in a rebuild. Yeah, yeah. So we never saw him with this, t- with this talented of a roster. So people got to understand this man got his feet wet when we were – over and and I gotta sit this sit. We're still over five hundred right now. We're if the playoffs started today, we're the sixth seed in the AFC right now. So uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, not bad for a rookie. Anyways, let's get into this. Um, the Steelers game. Um, Kenny Pickett. He looked off early, and then he got comfortable. And you know, not turning one of those two field goals on that second or third drive into. A touchdown, I believe, allowed them to keep Najee in the game, his safety right. blanket, and allowed them to keep Jalen Warren in the game and allowed them, you know, to keep it short because they were just giving him high percentage throws early on. It's right. when he started to have to push the ball later on. Justin Bethel got his pick, you know. And, and let's talk about this for a sec. That, 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 let, let's talk defensively. Let's start off defensively for a sec. Um, and we'll start off with you, ball game. I don't know how impressed you were, but AVG. And we'll talk Monster. about one. We'll talk about one of the players. Uh, there's three players I would give a game ball to. One mm-hmm. of the players is one of our topics in a couple here, so we'll save him for a second. So let's talk okay. about two of the three: AVG and Justin Bethel. Justin yeah. Bethel, holy jeez, t- almost ten. What he had like ten tacks, seven, ten eight, tacks. nine, ten tackles, like all over the football field, making plays even when the ball wasn't thrown in his area. Um, I thought AVG. Justin Bethel were two of the three defensive un- – well, two of the four because, Noah, you got to count him because the interception at the end. Two of the four real unsung heroes in that game. Um, what did you think of those two guys' games specifically? I like the fact that those guys stepped up in, in spots where you normally wouldn't have expected them to, but they did. Sometimes I think uh, with Bethel, though, I well, you know what? I ain't going to lie. He's a veteran. So I expect him to at least be able to 
come out and participate in the process of helping this team win. Mm-hmm. You know, Van Ginkle been, you know, he been kind of stuffed behind Ingram for a bit, but you know, his reps, he made the best of the reps that they gave him. And I really like what I saw from him in terms of his his aggressiveness to attack the ball, shed blockers, and then, you know, get to the running backs and things of that nature and set the edge too. He did an amazing job of doing that. So um but that's what I expect from him. Like when he flashed in year two, you know what I mean, after he came back from his injury, I I expected that type of play from him all along. It's just unfortunate that so for some strange reason he hit the wall a little bit. But you know, I'm 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 more than I'm more than pleased with the fact that um he's still out there, you know, grinding out, trying to still make a name for himself and help this team win. So and like I said with Bethel, mm-hmm. he's been around long enough as a veteran that, you know, I expect vets to kind of show in and, you know, show up and show out, or at least contribute to the point that they're, you know, they're not a liability on the field. And um <clears throat> That's really what we needed. We needed somebody to be able to come out there and play confidently because we were dropping like we, you know, we've been dropping like flies over the last couple of weeks, you know. And um, you know, we said two game ball, but that damn that that, that damn Jalen Phillips looking nasty, boy. That's the one that we're going to talk about in a little minute here. <laughs> Richmond, um, Tua was um, twenty one to thirty five, two hundred sixty one yards, a touchdown, had a couple. Well. He had a couple of turnover-worthy plays. A couple of them we should have drawn flags on. A couple of them were just bad decisions, specifically that one near the end of the game where he rolled out to his left and he underthrew it and almost got picked. Like, he made – I don't know. Um, what what would you label that? Because, you know, there's been a, clearly an argument going on in our fan base, on one of the most divided fan bases on social media. And it's basically a rust or regression um, argument that these people are basically trying to make. Now, the man hadn't played football in – 24 days and it's and here's the thing when you're dealing with timing in a timing based offense and the kind of speed we have do you think i don't want to use the word ignorant because i know you wouldn't use that word but do you think it was kind of naive to expect that he was just going to walk back in put up 400 yards did they did you expect some rust to some level in his game richmond yeah anytime you you missed you know that's almost I think what people don't realize is you get what 17 shots in the regular season. So if you miss three games, that's what maybe 30% of mm-hmm. the season. You know, people don't look at it that way. Um, football is a little different than baseball and basketball, where you know you get a lot more practice reps for you know one shot at one shot per week. Where you know basketball, you play 80 games, and I think baseball is like 160 games. So Definitely expect some rust. Um, I think uh, uh, part of it is that and, uh, when you were mentioning that, I remember I think it was a play in the second half and Gasecki was going down the um, seam. Looked like the, and the, the, the linebacker wheel or the safety was holding him. Clearly. Eh? He, <laughs> Let me ask you that. Did, do, you think he didn't, do you think he didn't get it because he didn't sell it? Because it was evident he was being held and he only had one hand. Like, why did yeah, because... he only had one hand? I, I, I don't know. Maybe sometimes you got to sell it more after the play, but I thought it was pretty evident I mean, that, yeah. you know, he shouldn't have this. But, you know, sometimes they human, they miss calls like that. But um, the, the thing with Tua is, and, and I watched the interview before the game, and I can't remember the young lady interview with, but um, he, he had just said, you know, I want to be smarter, not go out there and, you know, learn to slide, 
take get what I can get and get rid of the ball. And the next oh. thing I see, he's going head first. <laughs> like, and then he slides, oh. and then he decides to go head first again. Head I was first. like, what is going on right now? Warrior like, spirit, man. It, Some it, things it you can overtake away from a player, yeah, but bro. Did you boys see the on-field interview after the game? And he basically admitted they chewed him out on the sideline. And they should. Yeah, they should. I mean, he's got to – and I understand you have nothing to prove about your toughness, your competitiveness. We need you there every week. You see what happens when you're not in the lineup. So I understand that, but we got to get that fixed to slide. You know, we Protect need you, bro. Them. Yeah, protect yourself. And uh, but I, I definitely <laughs> like that. Um, that he went head first, and I was like, man, he must have had a flashback from the Jets game last year or something. No, he's a linebacker. Know. It's not even like a hundred and eighty pound like <laughs> defensive back. This guy goes into Devin Bush like he's about to roll him over. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm just oh glad he didn't get hurt again. Yeah, so like, am I. Please, so. Let me ask you this, Richmond, before we yeah. get back to uh, the third player I want to talk about on the defensive side of the football with ball game. You know, I think we can all go back to last week and how we, we weren't fans of the punt play, you know, the fake punt. Then we see him take the football out of Tua's hands on a drive where Tua's clearly cooking and on third and fourth down. Um, you know, are are this are, should are these just the rookie coach up and down learning mistakes that we should all be expected to have to roll with, or you know, like again, not naive to the point of what we just talked about in terms of you know. Um, believing two would come back with rust in the same sense are, you know, where people, you know, are people naive to believe that there's not going to be learning curves for coach Mike McDaniel in year one, no matter who he has around him. You know, it's always going to be learning curves, but, but let me look at it a different way. And your ball game talked about it earlier. And I didn't comment on it, but on That's those, two, on those uh, two third and fourth down plays, like ball game said, if Edmonds hits the right hole, we're not even talking about, a rookie coach mistake, you know, that's the yeah. first down. Yeah. So, um, I know the place, it's a touchdown. Yeah. So it's yeah. the right play, but it wasn't so much the coach called wrong play. It was just executed Execution. wrong. But when you watch, when you watch the game, everybody's cause I, even I, I was like, man, why did we do that? And then the next thing I started, I said, well, Moser, it seemed like he was the hot hand. I said, maybe we, maybe we would have had to call a timeout to get him in there. But I was like, but, and then ball game said, man, the, the five hole was wide open. And, and as a lineman, you hate to hear that because when you get to the sideline, we used to look at the sheets, but they got the little the little Microsoft computers or whatever now. And you see a wide opening hit. And that hurts, especially when yeah. you're in the red zone. And yeah, that's where we were. We was cooking them all <laughs> down the field. That shit and... walled off so beautiful, bro. <laughs> had kicked this man out. He had set him up. Just, yeah. You're gonna just pour salt in the wound. You just I, ain't gonna let it go, huh? Okay. Eichenberg I got Eichenberg got both hands inside <laughs> turned with position, his ass to the hole. So all t- all Edmonds gotta do is basically just go by and tap him on the butt. Said, Thank you very oh, much. Man. Bro, it's just it was two running backs could have ran through that hole side Ray, by we side. We got Ray bro. Charles back there in the number two Miami Dolphins uniform, bro. That that's why I love watching the end zone copy. You can't see a lot of time from from the 
from the TV copy bit. I'll start um, sending it to you. I we, know we they clowning him. I know they clowning him this week. I'll send it to you. They, okay, had, they, they, just, they better have clowned him, bro. Man, that's that's. I mean, which, in the running back room, it makes me. Well, what have I been? Bit, what have I been mentioning about for the last two weeks or three weeks when we've been losing? Lack of execution. What did Mike McDaniel tell everyone? I can call the greatest play the NFL has ever seen, but if the guys can't execute yeah, it, execute you guys it. aren't going to talk about the play, and it's going to look like a disaster. That's true. Anyway, sorry, that's Richmond. Go ahead. But, but, but no, no, you're right, and I think that's what people were focused on. They said third down. It looked like we ran the same play, but actually, it was it there. Was. It, just, it just missed it, and and that's yeah. what people don't get. And like I say, we're not talking about. Oh, that was a dumb play. He shouldn't have ran it because I was kind of chiming in with people on Twitter and stuff. I was like, man, we really need to – because I was looking at – I love his aggressiveness at times because it shows he trusts the guys that's out there to make the play. But when I said, man, we, we should have came away with a few points because the game was tight and this and that. So, but, hey, it doesn't matter whether you've been coaching one year, 10, 20 years. You're going to make mistakes. Nobody's going to call a perfect game. That's just part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like what he's doing and, you know, the thing I'd like to just tell coaches, don't second guess yourself. Keep, you got to trust in yourself. You've been doing a good job so far. And like you say, you're not gonna get everything right, but he's getting a whole lot more right than wrong. And mm-hmm. part of it, like you said, is the execution. So I, I don't pay attention to what people, we, we got to roll with coach. So I'm rolling with coach. Yeah, because I know people are trying to come after him and Tua for the amount of points this offense is scoring. And I posted this on Twitter earlier today. You know, with Tua heading into week four, the Dolphins were the eighth best scoring offense, averaging about 27.7 points per game. Um, In games Tua has started and finished this season, the Dolphins are not only 4-0, but they're averaging 24.7 points per game, which right now would be tied with the Bengals for eighth best in the NFL. Without Tua this season, the Dolphins are 0-3, and they've averaged 16 points per game, which would be 31st in the NFL right now. But I hear people trying to say, well, if you take out the fourth quarter against the Ravens, and I think this is a straw man argument. I think it's weak because what? If we took away all of Brady's Super Bowls, he's not the GOAT. If Gronk had the right angle, does the Miami Miracle happen? I'm just saying. So you can't start trying to take stuff away from the NFL history books just because you're desperate, delusional, and you got a narrative you're trying to fit. It just doesn't work like that. So the obvious point, I can't believe we even have to explain this. I thought this is fundamental football. QB1 is out. Production is naturally, organically going to dip unless you have some kid come out of here and just blow everything up like Herbert did in his rookie season when Tyrod got a punctured lung. It just doesn't happen that way because QB one's the most prepared guy to run this offense heading in the season. All right. Anyways. So, you know, I'm just like, people want to use, they, they want to reach so hard. They look like they're out here pulling stretch Armstrongs. I can't <laughs> get down with this man. You know, it's, it's, it's terrible. You know what I mean? Like I could go even further. Cause I got a real zinger. If we're going to play ifs and butts and candy, you are nuts. But, I ain't going to throw it out there. Actually, you know what? Maybe I will. No, I won't. But it's a real good one, but I want to keep this PG. So, because let me just say, hey, if some of y'all daddies were smart, it would have saved me from your your takes and all that kind of stuff. So, I could could word it a lot better than that, but Um, I ain't going to say it. 
I wish I'm gonna say easy. Oh, I'm on one tonight because this is ridiculous. <laughs> I gotta. We just won a game, and you got. We are the, one of the most miserable fan bases due to a portion of this. It's ridiculous. I agree that I agree with you on that. That's it definitely. Ridiculous. Yeah, man. You guys are a bunch of energy vampires. It's unbelievable. I can't. I can't get down, man. They're like we're, we got a chance to go eight and three here in the first eleven. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. All right. So, and it's only going to get better now because we're going up against the Lions this week, and we'll get into that. But let's shift over to the last one thing I want to talk about from that game. My third unsung hero, I think he was dominant, Jalen Phillips. This kid, and I've been telling, I've been defending this kid for weeks. When he was in the top five of pass rush win rate, I'm telling people that it's coming, it's coming. Be patient. I saw people live tweeting during the game saying, you know, and not from our media, saying he might be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL right now. This um, Jalen Phillips is absolutely him. dominant, and he's been stacking up pressures. I mean, this guy had a, had a, had a four-game stretch where he had 18 pressures in four games. Okay, so, you know, and one of those games he had zero pressures. Just to put it in even more perspective for y'all, okay? The kid's a monster. It's going to come. And you know why you got to give him his props, too, and you got to give him his roses? He showed, should we have slid the money to Ogba? Because look at the game he had without Ogba out there. Ogba mm. was inactive, and this man went out there. Watch this. Hold my beer. Watch this. Hold my Gatorade. Watch this one. So future then, is here. Yes, sir. And I love Ogba. So I'm not. I'm not going to. I was just being facetious there, boys. Richmond ball game. Whoever can step in first, the other one can follow. Jalen Phillips was arguably the most dominant player on the field. I thought on both on both teams out of both teams. What were your guys' thoughts of that guy? Because again, remember prime time. This guy did just come out in prime time um, last year against the Ravens. What were you guys' thoughts on Jalen Phillips' dominant performance on uh, Sunday night? He's 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 the guy. I mean, um, when you get a guy like that. Um, and they don't come along. Also, and, you know, it's kind of like T.J. Watt for the Steelers, or um, Von Von Miller going to Buffalo. Those are the type of guys when the game is tight, they can make the play to swing the momentum to, to, to have a big turnover. That the time you you decide not to double or slide to that guy, he gets back there, disrupts the, you know, makes a big huge play, swings the momentum, and and. You win games. I mean, Jason Taylor was that type of player you know, mm. that I played against. It's just, you know, those guys are so valuable, um, you know, for an uh, interior guy, to, um, the guy at the Rams. Um, you know, he's, he's Aaron a beast. Donald. Aaron Donald, you just, you know, when you start, when people start talking about him and they're not Dolphin fans, but other people are start talking about, man, this kid, this and that. That's when you know you're making some noise. And I, I remember even pre-draft, both of you guys were talking about it. And I know it was a, he went from was it UCLA and then came to University of Miami. But you know the upside on him was just phenomenal, and he he kind of hit it the second half of last season and took off. And like you said, when you consistently get pressure, it's just a matter of time. And uh, he's gonna help us win a lot of football games. So. And this is what second year, mm. so he's gonna mm-hmm. only continue to get better and better. And just imagine if you add, like you say, we got Agua over there, but 
you add another rusher, you know, we got time to continue to build and make this thing better and better. It's scary if people just be a little bit patient, just be a little bit patient. And I, I think that's the thing with, with Dolphin fans is sometimes we're not patient. It's not everybody. I will say that we got a lot of great fan base, but sometimes it's the ones that you hear all the time chirping and sometimes it makes you kind of question that, but we got, we got a lot of great fans, but, Man, he is he is big time and, and he's coming into his own. So yeah, he, he's he's that guy. He's he's one of those type guys. But I'll let the defensive coach take over and, and really break it down for the fans. So uh this the ball game, you got the flow. I, I think the biggest thing that most people don't take into consideration is that uh most players or most players that get drafted, right? If they go and they have instant success. They're having instant success because of the fact that they're surrounded by a lot of other high-quality players, which makes their job that much easier. And the defensive coordinators get an opportunity to dial back what they ask of those kids early on and often. And if you're building momentum, you're building their, you know, saying their esteem through this process, that makes the kid that much better overall down the, down, down the end. But when you go through a situation like we did, um, it's, it takes a bit of a time because – on both sides of the ball, the identity has to be established. You got to give the kids an opportunity. Like Phillips, I think Phillips is best when he's able to put his hands in the dirt, right? Mm. And for the the whole year, you know, his whole rookie campaign, we had him standing up. Well, he's been successful when they've slid him on the interior the too. Interior he's been very too. disruptive. Yeah. yeah. But the um, you know, I always, I've always gone with I'm gonna put the kid in the best position to be successful by allowing them to do what they do best. And then I build off of that foundation, you know? And I think, um, unfortunately we tried to throw him, throw a lot of stuff at him too early. And last year, you know saying? I think he just went to an overload, but this year the game has slowed down a bit for him. And I think because of him taking in consideration and remembering what he went through last year, it's fueling him this year to ensure that he doesn't make the same mistakes this year. Mm. And he wants the recognition and he wants this group to be good too. He's a selfless mm. player, man. When you're looking at him, right? He's not the only one out there celebrating. They're celebrating with him. And when somebody else does something yeah. great, he's, he's going over the first guy yeah. over there to, to yep. congratulate them. So I love that player, um, man. Yeah, man. This this he's thing so good. This thing about you know with, with Phillips is not a surprise to us because we both loved him. Yeah. Um, you know, and he just he's just a year earlier than expected, right? Like it took Christian three years. It's gonna take Phillips. Two years, and I think we're seeing it unfold right before our eyes, and I think it's a beautiful <clears> thing because it's going to all be that much more advantageous for this run that we hope, hopefully make, you know. And, you know, if we can get him to continue doing what he's doing, even with Ogba down, like, that's crazy, bro. Like, you know, you, you would think that through through some of the double teams, he was still beating the double teams, man. He, he was just unblockable. Yeah. And that's a testament to the fact that he is really – truthfully buying into working on and continuing to develop and build his craft, man. And yeah. um, that's, that's just head, head, you know, kudos to kudos to, uh, to Jalen for just being a professional about all of this and not just resting on his law, you know what I'm saying? And to the coaching staff for, and his teammates for encouraging mm-hmm. him and, and, and motivating them to continue, to continue to go out and do what he's doing. You know, I, 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 I could go on for, about the kid all night, man, because it's what you want to see. As a defensive coach, you want to see your guys go out there and mature right in front of you. You know what I mean? You don't want to wait till the offseason to have to talk about what they're going to do. They go out there and they get an opportunity on a live stage 
yeah. for the likes, and everybody in the country is watching you on Sunday night, and he shows out like that, he's gonna be a household name here. For, yeah, for, man. For, for many years to come. So one of my bold awesome preseason thing. predictions was he would be a top ten pass rusher this year. Next year he'd enter the top three. Top three. So, yeah. but hold on, ball game. We got to give you your kudos. <laughs> <laughs> Take your little victory lap that no egg because the secondary, the main talking point is the secondary finally created turnovers. I mean, right. Bethel Holland had a huge pick. Noah sealed the game with his pick. Um, you know, we picked it off picket. Um, you know, um, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Noah was getting picked on, and he was giving up a lot of stuff for that, but hey. That big play wipes the whole slate of that game clean. It ain't. Yeah. It's it's. What have you done for me lately? And you sealed the game. So, I think. Um, what what were, what were your emotions beside the giddiness and the smile that came over your face when that happened? I mean, we're sitting there watching the entire game, bro, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, this is a perfect opportunity. I mean, I, I'm thinking about like le- legitimately. I'm thinking about it from the standpoint of what does he need? What does he always needed more than anything? And it's reps, right? You can't get good in practice. You mm-hmm. can't get you can't get you can't become an NFL caliber uh cornerback standing on the sideline watching guys. And with Jones being down and him being opposite X, prime time for him to get picked on. Now you just gotta do one of two things. He's either gonna step up and accept the responsibilities of in front of him, or he's just gonna fade away and just, you know what I'm saying, and keep taking the whooping. And, you know, I like the fact that he was able to forget forget the play. Even if he gave up something, he was able to forget it. He was right back in, right back in the mix. Willing to engage, you know, and those are things that to me tell me as a coach that that guy is still coachable. That guy still wants to be there. That guy still had a desire to compete. You know what I mean? And they didn't, at any point, even after he gave up the touchdown, he didn't drop his head. He didn't drop his shoulders. And he just went back out there and kept competing. And when you got X on the opposite side of him, there was no way in hell that boy was going to throw at him. So yeah, you knew what alliance, you know, you know, he was going to get picked on. So eventually, he had to stand up, and he did it at the best time to seal the game. So, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy for him. But I, you know, I just, t- I, I would say to him if he's listening, or if anybody knows him, and they're gonna tell him, take this, put it in your, put it in your, you know, what I'm saying, put it in your bag. Well, let's build on it. Now you go out next week and you eliminate the things that you're probably gonna see this week from a team. They're gonna be very similar. Most people ain't doing a whole lot of intricate stuff. I've seen. Um, the Lions offense, it's not very different than what you want to see from the Steelers. So now you can take and be a little more aggressive and take some chances, but not too many. Just stay true to your technique and you'll be fine, though. These are these are very valuable reps that he's getting right now with Jones being down because he wouldn't be seeing these reps at all if Jones was healthy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I mean, and Kader Kahu and Crossan could be back this weekend too. So you're going to have some help back there. Um, okay. So I got the main topic of this before we get into the Lions preview. Okay. When we were 3 and 0 and Tua was cooking the way he was, it was evident he was in the MVP talks, which is crazy because a lot of us Dolphin fans put money down on him at plus 6,000, plus 7,000, plus 8,000 for him to win MVP. So <laughs> I got him at plus 7,000, not 50 bucks. So I'm sitting here waiting. Um, what, what are your guys? Um, do you think Tua can get back in to 
that playoff race. And the reason why I ask you is this right now, he's still third in QBR. He's still second in expected points added per play. He's fourth in passer rating. He's fourth in sack rate. He's fourth in touchdown percentage, um, which is obviously percentage of throws that, that are for percentage of completions for a touchdown. He's fourth. He's first in yards per attempt. And he's first in net yards per dropback still right now. Um, we've already gone over the impact of the team and, you know, points per game. You know, we average more yards in 11 personnel and 21 personnel with Tua. Um, you know, there's just, it's clearly evident the injury, you know, not the injury, but the aura of the oh. team is different. Do you guys think, um, I mean, because you know he, you know he's number one in the NFL in passing yards per attempt. Do you guys think he can re-enter the MVP race? Especially, I mean, I know that's going to take putting up numbers, but you know you're going into a team that allowing in the Lions thirty-two point three points per game, and they allow a conversion rate of forty-seven point nine percent on third down. So there's going to be chances and opportunities to put up points here. You know, to a tongue of Aloha, you know the only higher career passer rating as a dolphin right now is Chad Pennington. Um, do you guys think with the stretch of games we have, especially over the next four, this is the perfect time for him to re-enter the MVP race if he can. And do you even think he can re-enter the MVP race? Uh, Richmond, let's start with you. Uh, <clears throat> I think he can. Um, I think uh, what as long as he continues to focus on, you know, executing this offense and not focus about winning MVP or whatever. I don't, he's not that type of player. He's not a selfish player. I think he's more concerned with, you know, winning football games. And as long as he executes the offense and the better we do as a team overall, as far as our record, and he puts up consistent numbers because I think majority of the time he's going to be high sixties, almost 70% completion rate. Unless guys are just dropping balls and snack, because he's pretty accurate with the football. So he definitely has a chance to enter back into the race. I think there are going to be some games kind of like Sunday, but then as far as the scoring and low scoring, but then I think there's going to be some games like the Ravens where he just explode again. So he has that capability. Just take it as it comes and don't try to force it. But I think we're in a good position. If, and like you said, with this stretch here, if we take care of the teams that we should and come out and win those games, um, I think he'll definitely, I think he'll definitely be back in the race. Yeah, he's not the, he's not like way out of the race to where he couldn't win it. So he's still sitting in a good position. I don't think there's many people really right now across the league that he can't be in the conversation with. I think this stretch of games, the next five, he could easily showcase. Um, to the world and anyone watching um, that he definitely um, deserves to be in the, in the conversation for sure. Um, but it's on him. I don't think it's anything um, outside the realm of a possibility that, you know, he could definitely <laughs> turn out to be the number one guy at the end of the season. You know, this, this offense, when it's moving, it's chunk yardage, it is electric and it's scary. And you can tell most teams are really on their heels, man, when they start to hit you with 14 yards here. 15 yards there, 17 yards here. And he's still aggressively, this is the thing that I'm impressed with, he's still taking them deep shots, man. He's not backing off from trying to take the top off and ensure that, you know what I'm saying, teams have to play the full field. 
right? He they stress every zone and every short and medium and deep zone of the field to ensure that you can never sit on your balls and just think that you got us figured out. The motion, you know what I mean? You got the guys going underneath, crossing each other with the guy coming across at the middle level, and then you got the guy taking the top off, and then he's crossing. They're crossing zones even in the deep parts of the field. They're going from one hash clear to the mm-hmm. other hash. So yeah, nobody's – it's too much, man. And so for me, I definitely believe that he can get back in. Well, like, let's read this. This was put together by um, someone from Pro Football Network. Right now, he's fourth in passer rating. He's third in QBR. He's third in expected points added per play. He's um, first in DVOA. He's first in yards per attempt. He's second in adjusted net yards per attempt. He's seventh and third down conversion percentage on passes. He's um, on third and eight plus conversion percentage. He's 12th on third and fourth down success rate. He's seventh on passer rating on third down. He's first on passer rating in the fourth quarter. He's first expected points added per play in the fourth. He's first air yards per attempt. He's eighth air yards per attempt from, from that's from pro football reference. Next gen stats on air yards per attempt has him at 11th air yards per attempt at RBS DM has him at seventh sports info solutions is fairly accurate they have him at sixth um like you know air yards per completion pfr he's second air yards per completion by next gen stats he's fourth um and here's a big one boys with all the speed we added i want you all really take this one in look at this one this is the most interesting of it all reliance on air yards on yards after catch per pro football reference He's 15th in yak per completion. He's only averaging 5.1 yards after the catch um, in terms of, you know, yak after the catch. And check this one out. Percentage of yak in total pass yards. He's 30th right now. Only 39.9% of his yards are after the catch. That's 30th in the NFL. So all of his yardage, all everything you're seeing it ain't big, big plays after the catch for the most part. His on-target percentage, his accuracy now, PFR has him eighth. Uh, Sports Info Solution has him 28th but um, on on-target percentage, but on catchable pass percentage, they have him 12th. So you look at this right now, Tua Tungvaloa, I mean, where he still ranks even after being out for, for you know, three weeks. I mean, there is the case to be made that a couple good games and – he is right back in the thick of this race. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. But let's get into starting with getting back into that race. The Lions this weekend. Ball game. You talk about their offense a little bit. Goff, not too impressive. Only about a 62 completion percentage right now. Um, 11 touchdowns to six interceptions. Running the football. De- DeAndre Smith- Swift is supposed to be back this week potentially. Um, their injury report actually, um, they have him listed in terms of DeAndre Swift. Um, I, I don't even, yeah, he he was a full participant today, so DeAndre Swift is going to be back. Um, you know, offensively, you know, a stud like Amal Ross St. Brown from USC. There's your boy right there. That's my guy. PJ Hawkinson, tight end stud. Um, their offensive line really is the bread and butter of that offense. Um, 
how are you attacking that offense um, before we get to Richmond? How are you how are you attacking that that Detroit Lions offense? Because let me let me give you a little hand here, ball game. They're not really overly that impressive when you pull up what they're doing right now. Um, you know, they're I mean, sorry, you are right. They are very impressive. What they aren't impressive on is on third down. They're mm-hmm. 36.5%, but you look at they're averaging about 395.2 yards per game, which is fourth in the NFL. Right. You know, they're averaging about 249 points through the air, about 145 on the ground, 24 points per game. Um, what's not impressive is your defense. Sorry, that's where I was, I was going to go. Um, mm-hmm. How would you attack that offense with DeAndre Swift coming back? Um, and, hey, they can make plays. They can make things happen. They got a lot of playmakers there. I would uh, I'll stay the course, to be honest with you. We've seen scarier offenses thus far this this season and um it all starts really in the trenches though bottle up swift force golf to be the guy to beat you and i just don't really feel like um if x takes who else they got other than they got uh williams williams we're we're talking about receivers jameson yeah yeah jameson williams isn't playing they shut him Mm. down um they got josh reynolds is actually their leading receiver right now yeah so and they got dj shark but he ain't doing nothing I'm staying the course, bro. I mean, what 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 we've been able to do thus far this season has been um, at times effective, and that's take away the run game hurt. and force and force most you know force most players to uh, I mean, force most teams to pass their way to success, and that bodes well for us. We stay aggressive on the back end like we did last week. I think we can have another game with some more turnovers. That's what we need anyway. That's what builds momentum. That's what builds confidence and things of that nature. And Defense really wants to be um, included in the conversations of um, one of the you know top top defenses in the league. So they just got to go out and handle business. You can't play down to the level of the competition. That's the one thing we can't do. So as long as we go in and execute, that's always going to be the key. Execute, we'll be fine. I don't think Boy, you need to change much of what we do. Um, losing Brandon Jones hurts quite a bit, but. Um, yeah, I think we'll be fine. Eric just needs to get back up to speed in terms of um, being the primary guy back there. Jones had taken his reps, but, you know, Rose. They turned the ball over, too. Ball yeah, in. yeah, he will take chances. Yeah, he will yeah. take, golf will take already, chances, though. They've already got 11 giveaways, which is like 25th in the NFL. Yeah, in terms of those six interceptions and the fumbles, you mean? Total? Yeah, yeah, total, total. Um. I'm just talking about that's an offense. They have 11 giveaways right now. Yeah. Yeah. So they, There'll they be some on Sundays. Yeah. There'll be some Sunday. We just we just can't afford to go in and uh, rest on the laws and play down to the competition. You're better. The roster is better. Go in and prove it and get out of there with your W and move on to the next week. That's the key. So, um, Richmond, um, before we get into how we can attack – um, what do you think Tua can do to avoid some of those questionable, nearly intercepted throw? Um, because we have seen a few of those a game, um, you know, over the course of the last, you know, we saw it last season as well sometimes too. Um, you know, I think it just comes down to playing hero ball. He's just trying to make a, trying to make a play when, you know, you shouldn't probably be making a play or trying to make a throw when it's not, it's not there, you know? Um, well, what are your thoughts on, on that before we get into your thoughts on um, the Dolphins <clears throat> offense against their defense? 
Yeah, I, I think you just said it. Uh, I think the thing that he has to realize is uh, with the type of defense we had, and it was it's proven this past week against the Steelers, um, don't force it, uh, especially mm-hmm. when you're up and you have a lead. Sometimes the, the best offense is to protect the lead, be smart with the football, and don't force balls because a lot of times you get turnovers, and turnovers a lot of times gives the other team momentum. So, um, you know, like we've talked about before, be smart with the football. If it's not there, throw it away rather than trying to force it in double coverage or squeeze in a tight window all the time. You know, be smart with the football. Uh, sometimes it's good to – get a couple first downs, punt, and play for field position, this and that. And I think he'll get that over time to, you know, understand that he doesn't have to always go make a play to try to score on every drive or, or this and that is, you know, hey, let's take some time off the clock. We got up to uh, the 50, but now we can punt. We can we can pin him inside the 10. If our defense hold him, we're going to have great field position. In the end, you try to come back and hit him. I think that's when you start – looking at it from that aspect and learning that from the game and saying that, you know, I don't have to make a play every time I'm out here on the field. I think that just comes with, with time, maturity, and this and that, and I think he'll get it. But um, if he gets that down, I, it's going to help not only the team, but him, his individual stats and everything. But that's the thing There's just you don't have to force the ball every time, learn to play smart football, especially when, You've got the type of defense that we have, and you have the lead. And once you understand it, I think he'll start to make better decisions with the football. Now, their defense isn't good. They allow over 400 yards a game. Um, <laughs> they allow over 32 points a game. Um, you know, they allow over 249 yards passing a game. They allow over 160 yards rushing. Like, they're just not very good. Um Richmond, is this another game where you you should start leaning on Raheem Mostert early and predicating the pass off the run because that's their biggest. That's why I mean they're terrible they against the run. Anybody. Yeah, they they're, they're awful. So, um, how would you attack this offense that really, uh, sorry, this defense with our Dolphins offense that really, you know, they got a lot of holes like, like the Swiss cheese defense over there. Yeah, I, I think uh, you go with the hot hands. Uh, the way Moji played this past game, I'm like letting me continue to feed him this and that. Um, like like we all know, uh, Edmonds has some some problems with catching the football this and that, but we got Gaskin as well. Give those guys that's been producing this and that more opportunities. I'm not saying just freeze Edmonds out, but give those guys more opportunities to continue to be productive for this team, to continue to move those chains, to create first downs, to keep that time of possession, and to continue to score points. So um, I re- I think you reward guys that's giving you that type of productivity and uh, are becoming playmakers for because if you, the longer the season goes on, the harder it's going to get. But those are the guys that you got to lean on during clutch situations. So uh, – if it's Moses or something, I tell him, get ready. You know, your tongue might be hanging out at the end of the game, but we're going we gonna to let you eat. Uh, Gaskin, get ready. You know, we're going to run some screens, whatever. And then, you know, you continue to work Edmonds in there because I, I think he can be good. It's just, like you said, I think his confidence might be down because he's dropped a lot of passes, and I think that's what people focus on is, you know, 
I think he's got the speed and everything. He's just got to let the game slow down a little bit, catch the ball first, and then and then roll on. But um, definitely, I would give him until Detroit show they can stop it or something. I might go to something else. But the way Moser was running the, this football this past Sunday night, that was that was a beautiful thing to see. And um, especially like you said with Toronto Armstead and Eichenberg probably having his best game. Man, let, let those big boys up front eat because it's it's always good when you can run the football. It, it, it takes just pressure off the offensive line, and it helps open up the passing game as well. So it just makes you – you're not one-dimensional. So that's, yeah. that's, that's great news to hear. And he's averaging four and a half yards per carry right now. Like, there's no reason not to feed him the rock. I kind of feel like um, like they get away from him. So, like, man, just commit to him as you're running back one. You don't, like – Edmonds, if a Gaskin ain't, ain't active, yeah, man, like stop just committing it for the sake of committing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if the guy's the hot hand and the other guy is showing he doesn't deserve the reps, feed the guy who's earned the reps if Gaskin's not active. That's how I look at it. I, um, I feel like the only reason this dude should come out in the game is if he's standing in the game. He's like, yeah, and then he's like, well, take he runs me to out, the yeah, sideline, yeah. like, take yeah. me out. Other than that, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, what do you guys, um, Final thoughts and predictions um, for this game. I got us winning. Um, I don't have a score yet, but I do have us winning. I'll do my score on Friday night on Vincent the NFL. Um, I do have us winning. Um, what, what are you guys' final thoughts on this game and your predictions? Score if you want to give them to. So, I think, go ahead. Go ahead, Ballgame. So I'm going to go 31 10. I like 10. I love the 10. I don't think we're going to give up a lot of points to them. I think this will be a better showing offensively, so I'm going to go with 31. I think we can get what the league average is against these guys or even more, to be honest with you. But 31 sound, seems like a good number, right? I mean, that's um field goal and two and four touchdowns. Uh, Jason Sanders get involved in the process for a little bit, one field goal or whatnot. Um, I don't really see that this, this game can do anything other than just be a trap if yeah. we allow it to be. You know what I'm saying? They got to go in, focus. This next stretch of games, in truth, um, they need to dominate through all of these. They can't have any setbacks, and they just need to stay focused one week at a time, not looking past the Lions. I respect the fact that they're a pro team, but um, we have the better roster. We have the better players in the skill positions, and we have we have Uno, who I think is going to um, be a lot better this week than he was last week. So, you know, if that comes to fruition, they, I don't think – they don't have anything that can necessarily stop us from being successful. I don't think it stop us is us. So as long as we go out and execute and handle business, um, I think we'll be fine. Um, I caution folks, and <laughs> no, we're probably going to get the lion's share of the targets, but you know, um, that's just the nature of when you got a guy like X on the opposite side, you know what I'm saying? You got to ride with it, but you know, he's damn near a rookie now at this point still because he ain't had no real time. I think he'll be okay. And over the long haul, we just got to rally around who's on the field and just support them, and we'll be okay. Dolphins with the win for me. So, Richmond? Yeah. Um, I, you know, before the season start, we picked them. I had picked Detroit as a trap game, but um, I didn't take into consideration, you know, Tua getting hurt and, uh, you know, we dropping, winning three, but losing three. So, um yeah. I do believe that the uh, team will be focused. I think um, uh, it was definitely an uplift of everything with Tua being back. So 
Um, I got I got the Dolphins winning this one, and I'm gonna go 27-17 Dolphins win. But um, I think it could maybe be another touchdown. But I'd rather save a little bit and be more excited. Like so, I, I like I like ball games 31. So I won't even be mad if they put 31 up. That'll be that'll be real good. But um, just go out and continue to execute and build build off of this pass win against the Steelers and. Um, let's get back in the rolling like we were before Tua got hurt and we're starting to get players back. And like ball game said, I, I do agree sometimes the best teacher is experience. And with Noah, he was forced in there. The The only drawback to that is when you got a shutdown corner like X on the other side, you already know that it, that the coaches shouldn't even have to tell you if they're throwing the ball, they're coming, you're going to get the majority of the, uh, they're gonna try you more than the other side. So, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, when he made, I, I, I know when he made that uh, that interception against the Steelers at the end of the game, not only the catch, but to have the awareness to get both feet down and bound. I mean, that was a that was a hell of a play, man. When yep. they when they showed that again again, so um, I got the Dolphins winning, so I feel good. All right, guys. Um, hopefully, we're back next week when we gather and celebrating. Oh, wow! Look at that. It could potentially be a winning streak. So, <laughs> um, hopefully, we're back. We're celebrating it, um, guys. I'll be live on Finside the NFL on YouTube Friday night um, around seven thirty eight p.m. and we'll we'll go in deep. We'll do a deep dive preview of the game between the Lions and the Dolphins this weekend, and then I'll be live reacting on Sunday as usual to the Dolphins and the Lions. Until next time, everyone, we will see y'all right back here at the finish line. But till then, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And as always, fins up all day, every day even beyond the grave in which we'll lay. Let's go. (laughs) Fans up, baby. Fans up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.